Hello, and welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. Katie, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you. I'm glad we're filming on a weekend. I think that's We are. We're recording this on a, a Saturday. It's raining here in Indiana. Less um, stress. I know one of your favorite fast food menu items, spicy chicken nuggets, have returned at Wendy's. So What? Yeah, you did not know this. <laughs> My spicy nugs are back? They are. Jared. You can now go get your spicy nugs. I can't believe I figured you remember. You knew about this. No, I was so upset. I didn't even understand. <laughs> this is breaking news, everyone. I couldn't believe they took them off the menu, and I thought they were never going to return again. You've just changed my... I think you've changed the course of my weekend. Well, a lot of people were complaining that they weren't on the menu. Uh, most notably, Chance the Rapper on Twitter was really adamant about spicy nugs. So Yes, that's. I knew I loved him. Wendy's heard him and then they did a poll like, would you buy spicy nugs, I think, or something? And it got a lot of votes. And so they were like, we're bringing them back. But they just officially rolled out again, I think, a couple days ago. They haven't been out long. So you'll get your spicy nugs at Wendy's. Thank you so much. This is fantastic <laughs> news. You're welcome. That's <laughs> where you're I'm going d- for dinner. <laughs> I'm trying to eat a little healthier, but now I'm like, screw <laughs> it. It can wait till Monday because spicy nugs are back. uh the other thing is this is uh episode number 16 17 17 sorry one off that's that's what i have (laughs) episode number 17 we are reviewing ferris bueller's day off doing a throwback review because uh what came out this weekend at the uh the theaters pretty crappy Uh, Uh, not great the movies that were released, I mean, we have The Kitchen in theaters, which is not very good. The Art of Racing in the Rain, which is not very good. Where'd You Go Bernadette, which is not very good. Didn't we The didn't Kitchen, really... didn't you tell me The Kitchen got like 19% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, it's at a 22% right now. So oh, gosh, not great. Um, Angry You're not going to make is, your money back. Angry Birds is doing pretty well. Angry Birds 2. And then that Good Boys movie actually has good reviews too, but I'm not very interested in that. And, I'm just not. It's just not my scene. No. So so we're going to review Ferris Bueller's Day Off today coming up here in just a few minutes. A classic, obviously, that is, uh, you know, from the 80s. And we also thought with back to school starting very soon. I mean, high schools are back already, but colleges are starting very soon. If you haven't already started, we thought it'd be a good time to do like a back to school movie since everybody's kind of in that in that back to school zone. Yes, I'm with you on that. So before we get into our review of Ferris Bueller, we have one news item to hit on, and this is a this is a big one for Katie. Uh, the Little Women trailer officially dropped last week, oh my directed gosh. by Greta Gerwig, starring everybody that's anybody in Hollywood: um, Saoirse Ronan, uh, Emma Watson, Timothy Chalamet, Meryl Streep, Laura Dern. They're all in this movie, and it comes out. I think Christmas Day. Christmas Day is the release date for this one. And uh, it's very highly anticipated and obviously going for some Oscars too with this cast. And I watched the trailer. You watched the trailer. I know you've watched it more than I have, but I thought this looked pretty good. I completely agree with you. Jared, my Twitter and Facebook blew up. People, <laughs> like I posted one thing just saying like, this was exactly what I needed. I've been waiting for a year for them to like post this trailer and to see behind the scenes stuff. And everyone had something to say. And I had no idea that so many people my age, especially women, loved the 1994 version so much. That is like a gem of a movie. The one with Winona Ryder as Joe March. Yes. It's one of, it was on my list. It is my, I think, second favorite movie of all time, specifically the 94 version. But I, I cannot express how excited I am. So if people don't want to sense my excitement through this podcast, I would skip that episode. But please don't, because it's going to be a great movie. 
comes out Christmas Day. Um, yep. uh, of course, based on the book by Louisa May Alcott. So this has been remade and made into a lot of movies over the course of the years. But this is the most recent iteration of it. But I think it's cool that it, there's a woman director on it and, a, you know, a very stacked female cast as well. And then some great... I mean, Timothy Chalamet is like one of the best up-and-coming actors right now. So That's my dude. The fact that he's in this and him and Saoirse kind of have a little love interest thing going on. Pretty cool. So... Agreed. I can't they're reunited wait. reunited again because they were in Lady Bird together. I so know. And back. then Greta did that. I, yes. I'm sure that was intentional. And then Laura Dern's in it. I mean, Emma Watson, the whole cast. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be great. So that's just the first trailer. I'm sure we'll get probably one more before it releases on December 25th. But we're still about four months out from, from Little Women. But it's definitely going to be one of the most anticipated ones for, for later this year. For sure. Especially for Katie. It might be her most anticipated movie for the it, rest of this I year. Mean, it 100% is. I was texting my mom about it. I, I go to a movie every year on Christmas. It's kind of a tradition now. So I usually go in the, the evening or something yeah. with family or whoever will join me. But usually family will. So I was already texting my mom and cousins about it. But I think that and Spicy Nugs have just truly <laughs> turned this week around. Those two things. It's a great week now. So Little Women comes out uh, December 25th. We will definitely be reviewing it on this podcast. And I actually have not read the book or seen any of the film adaptations of this, I don't think. so. Jared Boomer. <laughs> that probably needs to happen. I probably need to always read the book before before the uh, movie comes I out. Have- I have multiple copies. You can Wonderful. Borrow. I'll just borrow yeah. it from you. So that comes out December 25th and it will be a big hit around Christmas time and stacked cast. So excited for Little Women to be released in just a couple months. So now we're going to get into um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This movie was released back on June 11th of 1986. It's rated PG-13 for adult situations and language. It's an hour and 43 minutes and it made $70 million at the box office. Of course, that's in 1986 dollar money so adjusted for inflation i don't know what that would be but probably probably in the 200 300 million dollar range i would guess well it said, i think it said like the lifetime gross does that mean it's at 70 million right now um possibly or that could mean that i don't know if they adjusted that for inflation right. or not i'm not sure i don't so. either actually i went to box office mojo and that's where i was getting it so, so it says lifetime gross 70 million okay. but who knows what that means if that's current or not you know yes what I mean? and or in like 2019 dollars right, who knows right. so but obviously if that's its gross from the 80s ticket prices were a lot cheaper in the 80s than they are now so that was obviously a big this is a big summer hit back in 1986 and um it's got great uh scores on imdb and Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, 80% critics, which is a little low for this movie, and 92% audience. So this is one of my favorite movies of all time. If you listen to our top 10 list episode, this is number five on my list of my 10 favorite movies of all time. I think it's a great movie, um, and it's a lot of fun, and we'll kind of get into that more as we go on. But the synopsis is a high school wise guy is determined to have a day off from school, despite what the principal thinks of that. And I think one reason this movie works so well is because it has such a simple plot. I do too, but some people, I was reading critics' comments and some people really harped on that. But I also, a lot of the comments, at least that I pulled for this episode, the critics' comments were more recent. So I kind of think that might be an unfair judgment, not really what they would have thought in the 80s. 
Like, I don't know that they would have cared as much because now people really care about things being plot heavy and plot driven. Yeah, but I think that's one of the things that makes this movie great is that you okay. I do too. Ferris is taking the day off from school. He's going to hang out with his friends and then they're just going to go on little adventures. Like you have the part where he tries to get Sloan out of school. You have the part where they're up in the (laughs) Sears Tower. They go to that restaurant and his dad's there. Um, The whole thing with the car and then going to like the Cubs game and the parade, like all these little moments just kind of put together make this great hour and 45 minute movie it's just kind of little segments little scenes that just happen along the way just go for this overarching story so with that too i know you had looked up some critics reviews for this movie and as you said these are more recent critics reviews but some of them were not not too kind on ferris bueller's day off i know they weren't i so one of them (laughs) so i wrote two good ones two bad ones that's usually what i do um but one this is from felix vasquez jr from cinema crazed he wrote the 80s gym that still shines from beginning to end and I agree with him. Good assessment. Yeah. Yep. John Ferguson of the Radio Times wrote, Broderick is remarkably likable as the arrogant, spoiled brat. Ruck is excellent as his melancholy friend. And Jones almost steals the show. And again, he's referring to Jeffrey Jones, who plays uh, Principal Rooney. Principal Rooney. Yeah, those are all. I think, too, the reason that this movie works is the characters like John Hughes really developed the characters, even though there's not a lot of like backstory on them or anything but ferris obviously has a very obvious personality cameron's personality is completely the opposite yes. sloan has her own personality and then ed rooney um is obviously too and his, his secretary too grace is, is oh, hilarious as well so and the the other two i was kind of like specific with these comments too because this one woman so candace russell she works in, at the south florida sun sentinel okay. she wrote ferris bueller's day off goes through the motions of enjoyable experiences without communicating much much joy and then i thought that's super weird like for, so that weird. sounds like a contradictory statement and also what part of people like doing a uh, car ch- chase kind of thing through the middle of downtown or dancing on a parade float or running from your parents and skipping school doesn't communicate joy yeah what is I she mean- even the about. first like the first scene of the movie Matthew Broderick's laying in his bed or whatever and then his parents come in and they try to he tells them that they're sick or whatever but then as soon as he like that scene's over he gets up and then he just says they bought it like right to the camera and then right. he's just like it's just fun from that point on like it's just ha- that's one of the reasons I love this movie is because it is so like joyful and fun and if you're having a bad day you can just turn on Ferris Bueller's day off and like laugh a little bit and and see people just having fun <laughs> Agreed. And then the other quote that I was really surprised by. So this is Gene Siskel okay. of Siskel and Ebert. Um, so I believe he has already passed on. But he wrote a film that doesn't know what it seems to be about until the end. Okay. Which I don't um, I don't fully disagree, but I just thought yeah. that's all you have to say about Ferris Bueller. I don't completely disagree with that because the plot is a little loose, I guess, in some parts. And then you have like Cameron's whole thing with his dad and the car and, and all of that. And that doesn't really come to a resolution until the end of the movie when they, spoiler alert, push the car back, you know, through <laughs> the garage the and You're it right. goes, yeah, into the forest or whatever. So I get that a little bit, but I think there's there's parts along the way that make it fun. And not every movie needs to have like a super in-depth plot. I mean, we just reviewed Hobbs and Shaw, which has like a three sentence plot too so <laughs> not every movie has to be super plot heavy like little women or like once upon a time in hollywood or something like that <laughs> i completely agree i i just think it's delightful but i think people can already tell that from how we're speaking yes. of it 
So we wanted to, this movie is very quotable too. A lot of times people will throw out quotes <laughs> from this movie um, for a lot of different things. The most famous one is probably life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and yep. look around once in a while, you can miss it from Ferris. And she says right at the beginning of the movie and then right at the end of the movie as well. Yes. I didn't notice that until last night either. I was rewatching it. I've seen it so many times, but I yes. think yesterday was the first time I noticed he says it at the beginning and the end. Because he says it, the first time he says it, is he in the shower? I think yeah. that's when he says well, it. It's yeah. like when he's getting, he's about yeah. to go in the shower, he's walking down the hallway and he's, he's breaking the fourth wall and talking to the audience. Yeah, which is a very cool thing that this movie does too is break the fourth. I always like when movies break the fourth wall. Sometimes that doesn't work super well, but I think in this it does. And if you don't know what we're what that means is that's when like an actor or actress talks directly to the camera like they're talking to you, the audience. That's kind of what breaking the fourth wall is because the three walls are like the sides of the screen that you're watching on and then the the back of it, but the front of the screen normally somebody doesn't like address that part. So if they break the fourth wall, it just means that they're just talking directly to the audience, basically, which Ferris Bueller does a lot in this movie. He's really the only character that doesn't in this because um, he kind of plays the narrator of this film, too. So that kind of makes sense that he would he would break the fourth wall. Right. But there's some other great quotes in this movie, too. <laughs> my, my favorite one is when Ferris goes to pick up Sloan. I just want to say, too, Sloan is one of my favorite names ever. And I really thought about naming a child Sloan, a girl Sloan, but it seems to be getting more popular as well. So I don't think it's going to happen now. But I think Sloan Peterson is the best name, probably even better than Ferris Bueller. Um, but anyway, Sloan is getting picked up by Ferris at the school because they've informed the school that her grandmother has died, which is false. He <laughs> walks up and he's dressed in a trench coat and like this old, not a fedora exactly, but it's a hat. Yeah. That he looks very dad like. And then he says, do you have a kiss for daddy? <laughs> and the reason this makes me laugh so hard is this is one of my dad's favorite movies when he was the one that first showed it to me. And sometimes when he either <laughs> wants to be creepy or make me laugh or like I'm leaving, you know, I visited for the week and I'm leaving. He goes, do you have a kiss for daddy? <laughs> I, always, I always think it's so funny, but most people I think most people get the reference. But man, it would be super creepy if he said that and they didn't. Anyway, yeah. he says, do you have a kiss for daddy? And then she asks if he's kidding. And then they start making out and Ed Rooney, who's the principal, sees it from a distance and he goes, hmm, so that's how it is in their family. <laughs> it's gold. It's Comedy such a gold. great line. And, yeah. the, and the whole um, how they even get Sloan out of school is so, so great, too, because Absolutely. Cameron calls and is like acts like he's Sloan's father. Um, so that's funny. But then Ferris also calls and Ed Rooney's just like, I'm going to get that little twerp Ferris Bueller. Like, I know he's behind this. Absolutely. And then I think, I think it's very telling too, at the beginning of the, the film, the last quote, at least that I, I really like is I think Cameron asked Ferris, you know, what are we going to do today? Or yeah. maybe Sloan does. And he says, the question isn't what are we going to do? The question is, what aren't we going to do? And that's very true how it plays out throughout the movie because they hit all the big, I mean, they hit all the big Chicago landmarks, Sears Tower, which is not called the Sears Tower anymore, but was when this movie was made. Right. They hit the Museum of uh, Art, the Art Museum in Chicago. They hit a Cubs game. I mean, they kind of go like everywhere you could go in Chicago. That's a right. big Michigan big Avenue. Thing. I think they're I by Millennium Park at some point. I don't know if the Bean was like built at that yeah, point. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if it was, so. but it definitely looks like they're near Millennium Park. In yeah. Scene. There's a so they sculpture I recognize. Go over there. So, yeah, I don't think all that stuff was was built when this movie was made, but they really do hit a lot of the Chicago Chicago landmarks for sure. So right. those are all great quotes from this movie. This movie has like so many quotable lines um, and it's really great. And I think, too, as we get into the cast and obviously it's directed by John Hughes, who did Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, Home Alone, 
Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Obviously a very well-known director and writer. He writes a lot of the movies that he directs too. But I was going to say with this cast, as we get ready to run through it, I think this kickstarted a lot of people's careers. Oh, absolutely. A lot of the cast was kind of maybe unknown, had been in maybe a, a movie or two before they did this, but this was such a big hit. But you have, you know, Matthew Broderick in this, Jennifer Grey, um, you know, Ben Stein's in it in a role that everybody loves. Charlie Sheen's in this for a few minutes. So I think it really started a lot of people's careers for sure. Yeah. And then you see, as I was like looking at the the cast and what all they have been in, they were definitely in each other's lives have continued to kind of either be in a TV show another one did, or they've been in another film that John Hughes did. And I love, I've mentioned that before. I know Spielberg does it and Scorsese does it, but I love when directors use the same people over and over. Yeah. So let's go ahead and just get into the cast with, uh, with our boy, Matthew Broderick. Uh, my love for Matthew Broderick. It's so strong. Um, so Matthew Broderick, of course, plays Ferris Bueller. He, I, I cannot not mention that he is married to Sarah Jessica Parker. They've been together since that time period. I think they got together actually in the the late nineties. Cause she was with our dude, Robert Downey Jr. For quite a while. She was. Um, and they're one of the couples that has lasted for a while. Yes, so they've, they've been together the for quite a while. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he, I forgot this, Jared. I was so glad to be reminded. He was Simba in the original Lion King. He did the voice of Simba. Oh, I always right. remember. Yeah. Cause I always remember Jonathan Taylor Thomas is the young version, but I forget Matthew Broderick was the grown up version. Yes. Um, also he was in the producers, which I think is one of the best remakes I've ever seen. And it's one of the only movies in life where I think the original is as good or the remake is as good as the original. So the producers was a great musical, of course, and he's in it with uh, Nathan Lane. But the original had Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder. And that was fantastic. Hi, highly recommend if you haven't seen it. Um, also in Glory, which was in came out, I believe, in 88 uh, when I was born. I remember them talking about it and I've been to where they filmed it. The Cable Guy, Inspector Gadget, which I remember from my childhood. <laughs> Not a too. great film, but I really enjoyed it. He's also in War Games. And then he's had other cameos and things in Manchester by the Sea, which I know you and I thought was great, but one of the saddest movies ever. Yeah. Who is he also, in that movie? I don't... I think he plays the father of... You know how Logan, the guy, the, the young boy, so Casey Affleck's nephew or whatever, yeah. is dating someone. I think that he plays the father. Okay, I didn't know girl. if he was that or if he was Casey Affleck's character's like brother, brother. during that one scene in the hospital. Oh, it's either I was going to say brother or brother-in-law was my other guess. Yeah, I can't remember. But he's one of those roles. I just remember Not it was going a short back to yeah. watch it because it's so depressing. It's so depressing. If I ever watch it again, maybe I'll do a shout out or something. Um, he also had a guest star, a little cameo in Trainwreck, which I don't quite remember. Um, I don't and either. Then it, yeah, but I it was listed. <laughs> Okay. And he is soon going to star in a TV series called Daybreak. It is in post-production and I looked it up. I think it's actually an animated series, but it looks okay. like he's one of the stars. So you'll hear his voice again. And then Alan Ruck was quite possibly a scene stealer in every scene. He plays Cameron Fry. I thought it was interesting. He's actually from Cleveland, Ohio, so not too far away. And he's from the Midwest and he went to University of Illinois for drama. Very cool. So he is a Midwestern person through and through. He was also in the movie Speed, Twister, and then he was in that Netflix movie, Sierra Burgess is a Loser. Okay. He's in that. And then he's guest starred in a ton of shows. I didn't even list them all because the list is so long. Um, and he's currently in a TV series called Succession. So he has he's definitely stayed busy since he was in Ferris Bueller. I've yes. seen him in things and I'll recognize him, but I can't, you know, immediately right now call to mind all the things that I've seen him do like a cameo in. 
And then uh, Mia Sara plays Sloane Peterson. She hasn't been in anything since 2013, but it does look like she's done a few things here and there, including the movies Time Cop and Black Day Blue Night, which I've heard of those, but honestly have not seen either. I have not seen either. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Grey, I think everybody knows her. She plays Jeannie Bueller, Ferris's sister. Man, I have so many thoughts on her character. Um, she's best known, of course, for Dirty Dancing with Patrick Swayze. I think that's what I think people think of that movie before they think of her and Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Um, she has a recurring role in Grey's Anatomy. So I've enjoyed seeing her because I am still watching Grey's Anatomy. And she also starred in the movie Red Dawn and The Wind Rises. And then I love ABC's Dancing with the Stars. And she actually won a season with Derek Huff. So she is still good at dancing. She still looks great. Um, I love Jennifer. Very Bright. cool. My favorite yeah. scene with her in this movie is where she's at the school and they're like, save Ferris. Oh save my Ferris. gosh. That's what I was going to say. That's one of my likes. That's one of my favorite. <laughs> Just anything in the movie is when they're like, got to make t-shirts. They have save Ferris on the water, the water uh, tower in the town. <laughs> People are sending flowers to the house and like sexy nurses and stuff to make sure Ferris doesn't die. Then that one girl, well, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself, but that one girl, I just don't want to forget to mention there was a scene where the payphones in the school, I just love that yeah. they have payphones. Um, they call, they're talking to Ferris, and I think Jeannie talks to him a little bit, but a couple people, one guy is like, Ferris, you dead, man? And he has all these different sounds, <laughs> Sound like effects. he's vomiting. Yeah. And then this one girl, she walks up and she <laughs> says something like, far out, or I don't know that she says far out, but she just, she like, just was like, Bueller, you're my you're hero dead. or something. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then was like, great, feel better. Like she asked if he was dead and then he said something and she was like, great, see you soon. Like yeah. just moved on. And I just thought that's a perfect way to express what a high schooler is actually. Yeah. Cause like. Cameron says that too, but I think she might say, or something similar like that in that yeah. part too. Yeah. But yeah. And then I like too, how that, how they even get to that part where we'll talk about Ben Stein in a second. And I guess yes. I'll save it for that scene. But there's a girl in that scene too, that is just like, I heard from uh Ferris's, whatever blah 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 that yeah <laughs> yeah oh the girl in this classroom yeah she yeah. Has, she said something like my brother's sister's girlfriend's cousin heard from her third brother once from you know she does the whole thing yeah and then thank you so, <laughs> thank you for going on that journey with me um so there's only a couple other people to mention and i only mention them because since this was made in the 80s i feel like i've definitely seen almost all of this cast since then, but it's been few and far between, or I didn't recognize immediately that, oh, they were in Ferris Bueller. So I thought it bared recognizing them. Um, so then we have Jeffrey Jones, who plays Ed Rooney. I do want to say I won't dwell on this. He was uh, accused of pedophilia. It was like a photo case. Oh, they did okay. actually drop the charges, but I do like to mention that because I don't want people to think I idolize this man because I think he sucks. But he is funny. Um, and but he is still a sex offender, registered sex offender, just so you know. But he is still starring in things every once in a while. So he is currently in the movie Deadwood, the movie that is out that you can watch on HBO, I believe. He was also in the movie Amadeus and Ed Wood and also in Sleepy Hollow and Hunt for Red October. I thought those were kind of like the big films yeah. that people would have heard of or remember seeing him in. Oh, He's yes, in yes. And then Cindy Pickett, I only want to mention her because I never realized Ferris's mom's name was Katie Bueller. <laughs> so I thought that was cool. Neither. I think she only says that like maybe yeah. once in the whole movie. I was going to say, I don't even know that I caught it until yeah. I was actually looking at the cast and it said Katie Bueller. So okay. 
His mom, Cindy Pickett, is the actress. She had a recurring role in the 80s TV show St. Elsewhere, which I've heard about a lot, like reading, I think it was mentioned in Rob Lowe's autobiography I read, but it was a super popular show in the 80s. So she had a recurring role in that. And then Jared, she started one of my favorite shows, well, guest starred on Murder, She Wrote. So I (laughs) needed to mention it because it comes up multiple times in the cast. And she also was on Magnum P.I., which was with Tom Selleck, another great 80s show. Katie is such a big big fan of murder she wrote she has a oh. signed picture from angela, angela Lansbury. Lansbury. i love her so much you know what we could do a whole episode on murder <laughs> she wrote if, if we're ever having a slow month and people just really want to get so it going. murder she wrote retrospective man i'm not even joking about my love for it either i know you know that but i want i want the audience to know i have a genuine she's obsession a big fan. with murder she wrote and angela Lansbury in general i wrote a letter <laughs> to her and got an autograph so it was worth it. Um, also, after Cindy Pickett, we have Lyman Ward. I know my dad has definitely mentioned his comedic genius. He is Tom Bueller, so Ferris's father. He was in, he's been in a bunch, kind of, quite a few recent or more recent movies. He was in Rumor Has It with Jennifer Aniston. He had a small part in that. He was also in Independence Day, not another teen movie. And he also starred in multiple episodes of Murder, She Wrote. Wonderful. So there you have it. I always thought that I can't think of the guy's name right now. I'm blanking. But somebody that looks a lot like him. I always uh-huh. thought he was the dad in this movie. I can't think of the guy's name right now. I wish you knew. Drawing if a total blank. If I think I was of it say, all, If you figure it out, let me know because I've, okay. I've been there. Sounds and good. then the last two cameos I just wanted to mention because I think everybody recognizes them and it's, it's just cool. Um, ben Stein is the economics teacher. He was also in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles that Tom Hughes did. And he also was in The Mask. And he's just known for his monotone voice. So that's his. That's his fa- and I said Tom Hughes. I meant John Hughes. My bad. You're good. Just so you know. Um, (laughs) And then the second cameo that bears repeating is Charlie Sheen. He plays, he was billed as Boy in the Police Station. Um, We know him, of course, from Two and a Half Men, the other TV show, Spin City. He was in the movie Hot Shots and Wall Street. And he's had just a plethora of arrests throughout his life. But, um, you know, he's kind of been up and down and all around. But I think we all know Charlie Sheen. You love him, you hate him. But he was in this and he had a cute little role. So loves that tiger blood. Still. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, hashtag winning. That's what he started to winning. Good Lord. But one of the most successful comedy TV television comedies of all time. Absolutely. My my parents really liked Two and a Half Men. I remember that was on all the time. They've moved on to Big Bang Theory. No, I think they show. I mean, I think it's in syndication. So, okay. I didn't know if Ashton Kutcher was still doing that or not. So. Oh, oh, good point. No, I think it's done. I think it's done, done. You're correct. It ended in 2015, so yeah. it's over. But but there <laughs> Five you years have it. Ago. <laughs> so that's that's the cast, and um, it. I mean, it's a pretty stellar cast, and a lot of them, like I said, a lot of them showed up in planes, trains, and automobiles. You know what? I forgot Edie, didn't I? Edie McClurg. Yes, you did. Oh my gosh, I can't forget her because I realized I didn't mention her because. She was in another. She plays Grace, the secretary who works in the principal's office. God bless her. She's the secretary to Ed Rooney. Who would ever want to be that? She also was in Planes, Trains and Automobiles. She was a voice in Wreck-It Ralph, the animated film. And then she also starred in Two and a Half Men, which had John Cryer, who was another one of John Hughes' favorites, favorite people. And Charlie Sheen was also in it. And then she also guest starred in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which was one of my favorite shows growing up. And Seventh Heaven as well. 
So I, you would recognize her. I feel like she's definitely a character actress that has shown up time and time again. She had a really long resume. So I just broke it down to the most popular That's things. One of my favorite Grace quotes. I just looked it up. Uh, so Which one? Ed, Ro- Ed Rooney goes, I don't trust this kid any further than I can throw him. And Grace goes, well, with your bad knee, Ed, you shouldn't really throw anybody. <laughs> I like when she says, because she definitely has like a Midwestern slash Minnesota, Wisconsin accent. She goes, he's a righteous dude. She said they think that she's talking about the kids, how they like him. And she just says he's well liked. And she goes, they think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> <laughs> so funny she just has some great one-liners in this movie so For and sure. now she just pulls pins out of her hair in that one scene she just has like yes! six pins You're in so her right. hair <laughs> definitely a good scene Lord. stealer in this movie for sure what a good time it anyway. is so now we'll get into some of our our likes and dislikes there's not many dislikes in this movie um honestly but uh some likes definitely are I think the big one is just the likability of the characters I mean you're drawn to somebody in this movie you can see yourself definitely in someone in this movie whether it's Ferris or Sloan or Cameron I know when I saw this for the first time I I really liked Cameron as a character and I still today even think he's one of like the best just well written well developed movie characters of all time just absolutely that Alan Ruck acts that character and the way it's written and the way that you know, he just goes through life very nervous about everything and always questioning different situations, which is something that I tend to do a lot. So I related a lot to, to Cameron in this movie. But I think the entire cast, this is really a great cast that, that was put together for this film. And everybody really does a, a really good job. Yeah. And I liked, too, I, I think they're all very likable. And I also like that they're different, but they complement each other. Like Sloan, I wouldn't say is the most most outgoing of the group, but she definitely adds something to their friendship group. And then um, Ferris is, I think somebody, one of the critics had said arrogant. He seems kind of cocky and spoiled and stuff, but he also has some really sweet moments and definitely cares about his friendship with Cameron. And he definitely loves Sloan. And then Cameron is kind of melancholy, but he also adds a lot of humor um, and forces them to express empathy and also like be a little more pragmatic about their decision making. So I think they all complement each other really well. I think they do, too. Also, another thing that is definitely a like from this movie is definitely some of the outfits in this movie are iconic. They um, are. Especially Ferris's outfit, his main outfit that he wears. His um, little sweater a, vest and his yes. white T-shirt. It's a very oh. iconic look. Cameron in his um, Chicago or is that a Detroit Red Wings oh, jersey or Chicago I, Blackhawks? <laughs> I was th- I know I kind of think it's Blackhawks, but I could be wrong. I know it's red and white. Yes. Um, and then Sloan Peterson, of course, has her white fringe leather jacket and then her little mini skirt and her white boots. Yes. So that are not go-go boots. They're definitely like 80s boots, but they're she she just looks fabulous. I love her her whole look. That is a uh, Detroit Red Wings jersey. OK. okay. So uh, if further adding to the humor that Cameron is not a fan of any uh, the Chicago Blackhawks in right. <laughs> Chicago. What's with that guy? Detroit, Detroit Red Wings fan. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but still still faithful to the Midwest, you know? Yes, he still loves the Midwest. So, And then yeah. also, Jared, I feel like you mention a lot. I, I think that you pay a lot of attention to music and stuff in films, as do I. But I think the music in this is perfect as well. Yes, they have they have great, um, great music in this film. So do you know what else I forgot last night when I was rewatching it last night? Like I said, I've seen it so many times, but I did not remember that when the the valet guy steals the car 
uh-huh. that when they're flying through the air that it plays the score to Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> I did not remember that. I laughed so hard last night when I was watching it. That's a really funny scene. And I guess we can get into some of our like moments that make us laugh the hardest in yes. this movie. Go ahead. Um, I know one of mine personally is when uh, Ferris calls Cameron and Cameron is actually sick and he's like, I'm so sick. I, I'm going to die or whatever. That's a very funny part. And then Cameron gets in his car and he's like, I should go. If I don't go, he's just going to keep calling me and then I'll have to go over there. Right. And then he, he like goes, starts the car I'll go, I'll and go, then he I'll gets go. out of the car and then gets back in the car. And, I'll go. I'll go. And then, yeah. <laughs> Just drives off. That's one of my favorite parts. Um, I really like the scene of, I know you do too, of Ferris in the parade. I think that's a very funny one. In the music and when he's dancing to twist and shout. Man, so good. And Don Cushane. Don Cushane. Yes. I love uh, Ferris and Cameron at the Cubs game. Hey, bada, 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 swing. Bada, bada, bada. This is one of the most quotable movies of all time. I think, at least for me, it's one of the most quotable films. Same here. Yeah, it's got so many good ones. But I love that scene. There's a bunch of scenes that I really like. Um, When they're in the art museum, I think that's just interesting how they just kind of shoot that. And John Hughes decided they're all looking at different pictures and kind of analyzing their lives and seeing themselves in this this art. So I really like that. And then as we've already mentioned, the scenes between like Ed Rooney and and Grace are very funny, too. And then the, the, the Bueller Bueller scene is obviously one of the the funnier ones in the film too with Ben Stein. Yes. I think also, you everybody's, I... did you notice in that scene, everybody's last name is like just two letters off. He's like Adams, Adam Kowski, Adamson. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that. I, I was listening more to the names last night just to see, but they made, I kind of was just like noticing that they went in alphabetical order. He says like eight, a names before he gets to a, uh, a B. Before Bueller. Yeah. Well, and I think you and I had a ton of scenes in common, but different things stuck out to us. Like I love at the beginning when Cameron's deciding if he should go or not, but it just shows a shot of him laying in his bed <laughs> and this music is playing. And it, and instead of saying it's the, I, I know the song from church, but I can't think of what it's actually yeah. called. But like, when let they, my people says, go, I think. Let my Cameron go. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. and so dramatic and exactly like something I would do. Um, I love Ferris dancing in the parade as well. I already mentioned, do you have a kiss for daddy scene? Um, and then when, uh, the car goes off the cliff. You and I both mentioned that when yes. they, of course, get the car back and Cameron is finally like, I'm going to confront my dad. And it's like this. It's this really monumental moment because Cameron finally decides he's going to stand up to his father. And it yes. doesn't. I don't think they ever say he's abused or anything, but I think his father is just not very attentive to him and isn't just, very loving. Yeah, to you just kind of learn that his father um, likes this car and possessions kind of more than Cameron yeah. and his family. And you, they go to the, the stock exchange at that one point and Cameron talks about his dad being a stock trader. And that's when yeah. he's doing the funny things with his hands where he's just like making random hand motions. And you know what? That is so interesting that their parents are very different because Ferris's parents, although I, I that was one of the only dislikes I could think of, that they are so gullible and they definitely spoil him because I don't I don't like that they treat his sister as less than him I don't think they're but she is dramatic it kind of reminds me of the dynamic in my family where (laughs) they're like oh you know oh Jeannie's just being Jeannie and I I I get that relationship but I I do like how sweet his parents are 
Like they truly care about if he's sick and they call him champ yeah. and they want to check in on him. And then, you know, they go to the office and they're talking to their coworkers about, oh, Ferris is sick and we hope he's okay. So they are yeah. really sweet parents. Because you see his mom come home during that one point in the movie, yes. which actually, which is a good little building of tension scene right there where he has yeah. the fake stuff set up in his room. But then his dad also calls him from work. It's like, how you doing, bud? How you doing? <laughs> yep. And you sound terrible. And then uh, just to mention the last few things I really, the last few scenes I really like. I do like when the three of them are in the swimming pool and Cameron is kind of catatonic at that point because he's yeah, worried about the car. The car. But <laughs> it's just a cute moment between the three friends where you can just, I think that's a relatable moment where there's just you, you with some friends swimming in a pool in the summer and it's just a nice time. And then... I really like when Ferris runs away from Sloan because he has to get home because his parents like he's seen the car and they're on the way. Um, but when he runs away, Sloan says he's going to marry me. And I thought that was really cute. Yeah, and I, I think, like yeah, I was going to say, too, just going back to like the pool scene. I really like that scene because Cameron falls into the pool and it's almost like he's maybe trying to commit suicide or I know. something. So scary. And then Ferris and Sloan save him and he's just joking with them the whole time. Yeah. And Sloan's and then, like, did you see me while I was changing right, over there? Changing. And- <laughs> He just gives a little smirk. It's funny. (laughs) Really cute. And then I think the last thing that I just found more poignant, I guess, last night when I was watching it is Jeannie comes to the door. So Jennifer Gray's character comes to the door to save her brother from Principal Rooney um, because Principal Rooney's already broken into their house, had his car towed and a bunch of other things. Um, But Jeannie helps her brother out and says, can you imagine someone as sick as Ferris walking home from the hospital? And she winks at her brother. So she's there to save him. Although she hates him through most of the film, if it comes to like standing up against the man, which is the principal yeah. in this case, she's going to help her brother, which I thought was very sweet. Also, another one of my favorite scenes is when they're, um, when Cameron is playing Sloan's dad, George Peterson, and he's calling uh, the principal's oh, office. Yes. <laughs> That is a great scene <laughs> because he's so nervous. And then he like throws the he's like, we'll be there with uh, whatever. <laughs> and he's Ferris is like, no, no, we're not doing that. What do you want me to say? Bring it's her out like, to the front. No excuses. <laughs> yeah. And he's got he's definitely got a certain inflection and tone that he's using. I can't that one. I can't really recreate, but I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. That's a, that's a great scene. So yeah, th- this movie is just really I, I going back to the critics reviews about how it doesn't have a lot of plot or anything. I mean, it it's just a story that is happening and then has all these great little moments throughout the course of the film that make it really great so right agreed it's not like we're moving from location to location and doing a lot of plot advancement or anything like that it's just this is a movie about three friends who are having fun they took the day off from school this is their last year of high school and they even talk about that at the end of the movie like ferris is like i'll probably go off to college and cameron will too and we'll still see each other sometimes and stuff like that which i think is a very relatable thing that anybody that has gone to college has experienced if you have high school friends or even when you graduate college and go into the real world of adulting, you can have that um, kind of thought of like, well, you know, we'll still see each other sometimes. We'll still keep in touch and, you know, all that stuff. And that's kind of what Ferris does in that in that scene, which is which is cool. So but yeah, right. I think it's just a movie that is just a bunch of great moments and scenes kind of put together to film this movie. And I also uh, one of my likes is that it's a pretty short movie. Hour and 45 yes, minutes. That's exactly. I thought the same thing because when I was typing out like runtime, because I just thought, why are more movies not like this? You can get a cohesive story together that is still moving and emotional for the audience and leaves an impact, but do it in an hour and 40 minutes. Yes. 
I don't know why more people don't um, do that. But I'm anyway. not sure. Yeah, everybody tries to make really long movies nowadays. But if you make yeah. a good 90 minute, hour 45 minute movie, you can get everything in that you want to say, then you're great. And I think too that really doesn't allow for any you know wasted space or wasted scenes, which I think is one reason why this movie works so well. Is there's not a lot of stuff in it that is. There's never a point where you're like, oh, this is getting kind of boring, or we haven't had a joke in a while, or something hasn't happened, and it's because they were you know at that short of a runtime, you really can't keep anything in that doesn't need to to be in there. So agreed, agreed. So we'll move into our dislikes a little bit. Um, we don't have very many for this movie, but one thing that I know you and I both wanted to hit on is that you know Jeffrey Jones, who plays Ed Rooney, is a, is a pedophile in real life, which is not right. good. So that's right. a real life dislike, not a dislike with the movie, but. For sure. It's a casting dislike. <laughs> yeah. And um, they did drop the charges, but I was like, I think it bears mentioning. So yes. I don't want people to be like, you didn't bring that up. Yeah. You already anyway. mentioned how the parents don't pay much attention to Jeannie and that they're very gullible towards Ferris. Um, so that's could be a dislike. I don't really love the whole Ed Rooney breaking into the house storyline. I think sometimes uh, if I had any dislikes with this movie, it's probably that some scenes with that and him trying to like, you know, fight off the dog and everything just go on like a little too long and really where he works well is when he's either bouncing off of somebody like somebody has somebody else to play off of like grace or Ferris or somebody, you know, somebody else is in the scene with him. And those scenes are really just him kind of trying to break into the house until Jeannie shows up. So that's one of my only dislikes is that that could probably be my last rewatch. I thought this is the only part of the movie where this is a little, a little slow. I agree with you. And I thought it was that storyline is just it's a tiny bit far fetched. I mean, it's not like people don't break in. And if you live in a yeah. safe neighborhood, some people will live their leave their doors unlocked. But I just think what a principal really, even if he's as crazy as Rooney, would he really just break into a student's house? Yeah, I don't you know? think so. No, so that I don't would think not so there would be a lot of like um, legal ramifications for doing right. that. So. so I definitely agree with you on that. That note. Yes. Um, and then you had one other dislike is that you don't like how little people care for Cameron. The Cameron not getting yeah. a lot of love. <laughs> well, I, more like um, I, I do think I kind of you know how that that critic we both kind of agree that we're not sure that there's you don't get it until yeah. the end of the story. I think it's kind of the same way with Cameron's storyline where I think people don't pay him enough attention or you you just feel bad for him until he finally asserts himself in the end. Cause you know, we hear his dad isn't very good to him. And then even Ferris takes some punches at him. And I know it's his best friend. He even mentions like, you've been like this to me since the fifth grade, but it's, I feel bad for Cameron. If I feel bad for anyone, it's Cameron until the end when I feel like he's victorious. Yes. Yeah. He kind of has a yeah. little redemption story in the end. So overcoming his father and the car and worrying so much about everything and, allowing himself to live his life a little bit more, which is kind of what this movie is all about is just living your life and trying not to get so caught up in the little things that happen from day to day and really try to just enjoy your life and where it takes you and experiences you get to have and people you get to have it with. That's kind of probably the overarching theme of this whole movie. So, yep. So you ready to give it a grade? I I am. I don't know who should go first this time. Cool. Um, you think I should go first is what you said? I don't know. Or you? I'll go okay. first because I think you did last time, so I guess I will. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so I did look, of course. I It's not in my top 10 like yours. It was okay. very close to being in the top 10, but it's definitely if we're going just like comedic films, it's going to be in the top 10. So I looked at other scores and think this is very fair because it is a great movie to me. I'm not, I'm not concerned with plot points or anything because I think there is a plot. I think it's adorable mm-hmm. and well acted. So I gave it a 92. Wonderful. That's a yes. great grade for this. So thank you. 
I'm a little bit higher than you just because I really do like this movie. I really yeah. do like Cameron. Um, it's one of the first kind of comedies probably I watched as like a teenager. And I watched it at like exactly the right age. I think I watched it for the first time at like 15 or 16, which is probably the perfect age to watch this for the first time. Right, um, right. Because you're just at that point in your life kind of like where Ferris is in the movie. So I really like this movie. I rewatch it at least once a year, if not more, because it's so funny and um, I really like it. So I'm going to give it a 96 out of 100. Oh, that's awesome. And I like that we're switching it up and you're doing a higher score. I think that does need to happen every once in a while. So way to go. One of my higher grades, I also gave Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a 96. And I think that's the only thing I've given a 96. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so 96 out of 100 for A Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's a great movie. I don't think it's on any streaming platforms right now. I don't so. either, but I'm so glad people voted for it. I do think people have seen this movie before, but yeah. hopefully they'll they'll listen to this and it'll it'll make them think, oh, I need to watch that again. Or Also, it is always in the $5 bin, either at Walmart yes, or Target right. all the time. So just go Every buy it for $5. Every time I go in there, I see it and I, I don't need it. So I don't rebuy it. I already have it, but yeah. I'm tempted every time. Just buy it there. And it's always on sale. So yes. it's a great movie for $5. $5 so. is cheaper than going to the movies anyway. So definitely. And you'd pay like four to get it off of, you know, iTunes or YouTube or something. Google right. Play. So might as well just buy it and own it. So so for our next episode of the Silver Screen Podcast, August is still such a uh, like low month for movies that are being released. Yeah. So yep. um, the poll will already be concluded by the time you listen to this. But our four choices for our next movie that we're going to review, we wanted to do a classic film on the podcast, something that really has been around for a while or just had a lot of critical acclaim or something like that. So our four nominations were Strangers on a Train from Alfred Hitchcock. Um, as good as it gets, which is starring Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. um, and, and Helen our, Hunt, so good. Yes, and then our other two terraces were Cat on a Hot Tin Roof or Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. And the thing is, with most of these, one of us has seen it, but the other person hasn't. Yes, so, so like, it would be I've, good either way. Like I've seen Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, but you haven't, Katie. I and think, then, I, yeah, I think I've seen probably, like half of it. Okay, but yes, and then the I other three I have not. It. The other three I have not seen, but Katie has. So. You're going to get a different kind of perspective on on those ones because there'll be one of us as a first time kind of watching something all the way through. So yes, and we um I already I posted it. I know you and I this will come out later this episode, but we posted yes. it today. And um at least on my particular poll that I have on Twitter so far, yes. I already have several votes for Strangers on a Train. Okay, so, so we'll see if that wins one right yeah. now. So yeah, you can always um follow us on social media too at Podcast Silver on Instagram. And uh, Twitter, Katie's going to have a picture up there of where she dressed up as Ferris Bueller for Halloween one year. So <laughs> you can check that out on Instagram. Um, and then like us on Facebook too. just search the Silver Screen Podcast. And then our next episode is going to be one of these four movies. And then we'll get into September where we have some more things coming out. Like It Chapter 2 is going to be released. Um, Ad Astra, um, The Goldfinch, Downton Abbey. That's all coming out in September. So September should be pretty loaded for for movies. And we'll get back to things that are that are in the theaters. Yeah, I'm really I'm excited about a lot of the upcoming stuff, but it's kind of been nice to have a a month to chill more and watch some some yeah. good older films. August is always uh, August is kind of a wall month now because the summer movies always start so early now, like they come out in April now instead of right. like May or June starting. So August, there everybody's like, oh, kids are back in school and aren't really going to the movies much. Families aren't going to the movies, so they try to get all that stuff out early. So been kind of a wall month and we don't really care about angry birds too so no i decided don't. we didn't want to review it so nope. 
that didn't happen. But it's going to be one of those four movies again. It's either going to be Strangers on a Train, As Good as It Gets, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, or Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf. And then just look at our social media because we'll post whatever one there and what the next episode will be. So that'll be the next episode of the Silver Screen Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it and look forward to the next episode. Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs>